This is Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. It's a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you on your Tuesday evening. It's the holiday season, so whoop-dee-doo and dickery-dock. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. He is the traditional second Tuesday of the month guest. He was out last month, and if we could probably count, well, let me say it this way. This guest has probably missed as many of his own segments as I've missed total shows lifetime. In saying that, it's obviously very, very few. And to his credit, last month he did make an effort or did offer a potential solution where he wouldn't have to miss. But after reviewing what the possibility was, and while I am traditionally optimistic, I only saw a potential downfall doing phone Skype in a restaurant downtown Chicago. It screamed all sorts of potential fun, but way overridden by disaster and audio issues and restaurant noise and things not happening the way they're supposed to do. And then, of course, my mania would kick in and the OCD would kick in. I would probably have hung up on him at some point out of frustration, all of that. And I said, you know what? Let's save ourselves the headache. I have plenty of time to figure something else out. We backfilled with great guests last month, so no worries. But he is back, large and in charge. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is back this month. We have plenty to talk about. It is, as I had mentioned, the holiday season. A lot of holiday season stuff involves getting gifts, also buying gifts. And if you are in a household that enjoys live fire cooking, perhaps your wife or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is, is a enthusiast of the live fire persuasion and they are subtly dropping hints or maybe somebody said, hey, if you want to 
have an idea of what to get me this holiday season, tune in to the Barbecue Central show all December leading up to the holidays, and they'll probably ask a lot of their guests what they're recommending and then also what they would like to get, and then figure it out from there. Because a lot of my guests aren't going to give you crap suggestions on what you should get the important people in your life if they are a fan of live fire. Meathead is certainly no exception to that. In fact, I would say he is probably one of the leading experts in this particular category. Certainly, everybody likes to think that if they're in this industry and they have even a monicum of experience, that they can recommend to you some really great gadgets to help you be more accurate and enjoy end products because that's all we're looking to do in the end is have a nice, consistent, delicious end product. And there are gadgets and tools and tips and tricks and methods out there widely available to help you execute that. So we'll talk to Meathead about that. Also, what he might like to see underneath the Christmas tree or whatever it is that he celebrates. And prime rib tips. And I might ask him about heirloom turkeys. Also, some business stuff. Social media v. website. Especially for Meathead, that's a big thing. Also, you might be surprised as time allows how Google quantifies and or classifies barbecue pulled pork. You want to be tuned in for that discussion for sure. That will take the balance of the first hour. Then we will move to the second hour. And we have a guest who is on semi-regularly. She is a cooking class instructor, a very successful author, a uh, chief operating officer, a chief executive officer of her own brand, Hardcore Carnivore. She's on TV shows as well. Follow her socially as she is always weighing in or giving you great tips and tricks. You know, some similar stuff that we'll talk to Meathead about, but some way different stuff as well. Jess Pryles rejoins the show for the second hour. So, Two great guests for two great hours. It's going to be wonderful, and you should be locked and loaded and ready to go. All right. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you're not following me socially, me at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. You know, I want to follow up on Craig Barr. You would recall Craig Barr is the gentleman that is taking Popeye's chicken corporate to trial over this whole fiasco of chicken sandwich. Now, not fiasco in Popeye's eyes, of course. It's been a raging success at both releases. But much to Craig's chagrin and perhaps more to his custom Mercedes-Benz tires and wheels chagrin, as he was chasing all over the greater Chattanooga area to try and find one of these things. And with no luck, until recently, he decided that enough was enough and somebody had to take Popeyes and Big Chicken in general to task. And to task, he meant to court, and it's actually being sent to court. That will be tried. And this is something that I am both not surprised and completely surprised with. Tomorrow, we'll start the first day of operations on the movie 
that he mentioned during his interview on this very show. I believe the title was First Day on the Job. And he went into the stream of consciousness as he laid out the plot and the main characters of this film and how it was all ranging in a time span of no less than one day. Can you believe where this movie, or at least part of it, is going to be shot? You're not going to believe it. This is not a joke. It is being filmed, by the way, confirmed by Craig Barr himself and the person that owns this property. It is being filmed, again, at least in part, at the Midnight Oil in Ultawa, Tennessee. And if that city sounds familiar, it's because Midnight Oil is owned by my very own Tennessee embedded correspondent, Steve Ray. So while Steve was an integral part at helping me corral and hogtie Craig to come on the show and do that interview, last month or a month and a half ago or whenever it was, there was obviously some type of kismet or kinship or kindred spirit or however the hell you want to describe it. But Steve offered up his gas station, probably tongue-in-cheek originally, and lo and behold, Craig Barr is an actual movie maker who had script in hand, was ready to go into production as we were having that interview. And I was getting feverish text messages during the course of the day today that announced we'll be showing up at the Midnight Oil. Casting calls will take place between hours of X and Y. Production people should show up at this time. Insurance riders will be passed out and signed by all the operating parties. This thing is incredible. It's incredible. There will be a movie at Steve. Ra- now, I mean, the cautious person, uh, the cautious person to me, wants to take a beat and say, "Is everybody going to show up tomorrow?" But it sounds like if you have nothing better to do and you can get to Ottawa in the next twelve hours, you might actually see—I don't know if I would term it a major motion picture—but you will see a motion picture potentially. At the start, right? At the start, at Steve Ray's Midnight Oil. Big things happen when you're connected to this show. According to Steve Ray in the instant chat, he's there right now conducting interviews and filming. So if you want to take your chance at acting stardom, get down to Steve Ray. Steve, what's the going rate? Do you have to be a SAG member in order to get paid? Exciting times in Uldawa, Tennessee. Motion picture making mogul Craig Barr in town, making it happen. Before we get to Meathead, I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, which is coarse ground and then stuffed in a natural pork casing, plus our authentic Central Texas barbecue products. All meats, including the prime briskets, are slow-smoked over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store southsidemarket.com or 
They ship through a whole bunch of different other uh, food distribution channels like Cisco and so forth. Shipping uh, nationwide, sausages and other fresh barbecue products. All items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. All meats processed in their on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders available as well if you are hungry and you want to eat there. Two restaurants are available currently, Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery store distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well. The best part is if you go to southsidemarket.com and you order now, you get 10% off your entire order each and every time you order from southsidemarket.com by using promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ C E N T R A L, BBQ Central, all lowercase and one word. 10% off your first order, your 10th order, your 100th order. You can go through and shop for multiple different people, put in their addresses. No extra charges for multiple shipping addresses. You can do it all in one fell swoop. And you can save 10% on top of that. That's code BBQ Central. Southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. And we are back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. Be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. And don't forget to check out Dave's new barbecue podcast as well. Subscribe through Google Podcasts and iTunes and all that other good stuff. The second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. You know him simply as Meathead. Hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg, how's the barbecue rock star, and how are you all centralized? We are doing absolutely fabulous. Meathead, are you looking at the right camera? I have you on your nah, on your right I'm, camera. I'm looking at the right camera. The ca- wrong camera is looking at me. Oh, all right. Well, look to uh, your I'm right. Working on, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. You don't have to work on it. You can just look to the right, and, and we'll be looking right no, at you. No, I can't see you then. I, oh. I just got to switch cameras somehow. Right. I got to figure out how. There it is. There we go. Sw- are we switching? Oh. Yeah, there we go. Uh, We're back. Oh, okay. That's the look. There's the look. There's the look. Studio lights are back up, all that good stuff. So, uh, Meathead, yeah. we missed you last month. What had you engaged? Oh, I forget. Oh, I think I 
I recall now. Yes, that was a leading um, question. I went to the University of Florida, my alma mater, to a football game. I haven't been since I left there in the 70s. Okay. Hey, when the stadium held only 50,000. Wow. Uh, they were 89,000 for the game. Wow. And uh, my wife uh, dragged me to Disney World. And uh, we also went to visit the Marjorie Canan Rawlings um, Cottage uh, in the middle of nowhere, uh, Cross Creek, um, in the boonies, in the sticks. Uh, she's an author whom I admire. And hmm. so we went and visited her estate. I thought you were at dinner at a Smith & Walensky's with the guy from Hasty Bake. Oh, you know, maybe that's where I was. Oh, yeah. dear Lord. That's some story you wove, meathead. <laughs> well, I was traveling last month, but uh, you're right. Um, uh, Richard Alexander, that's right. That's where I was that night. Um, it was right around that time I had gone to Florida, though. Sorry. Um, yeah, Richard Alexander, the owner of Hasty Bake, was in Chicago, and uh, we went to dinner together. Let me ask you, uh, yeah. is he he's the mastermind behind, uh, behind that barbecue stars like video yes. thing. Is that th yeah. can we deem that thing a loser or is that thing a winner? Oh, I don't know. Um, I believe they sold uh, well, I don't know how many tickets they sold, but I believe it was profitable. There's a hundred and seven videos in there by eleven different barbecue stars. Mm -hmm. Um, Harry Sue just kills it. Um, uh, Tuffy kills it. Um, several uh, the, the the steak guys are great. Uh, uh, there are several. Oh, Kent Rollins, the uh, the campfire cook, the the chuck wagon cook, mm -hmm. fantastic. I learned so much watching him. Um, some of the others were less than thrilling, but 107 videos. Um, they charged uh, the the presale price was 200 bucks. Um, so a couple of bucks a video, uh, the, uh, final price was 300 bucks. Um, so they made money and they're happy and there's probably going to be a second season. Okay. Um, and like hopefully. it's, but it's closed off, right? That, that was the whole thing was you had to buy yeah, in a certain period yeah. of time and otherwise you were closed out. You know, this was the owner of the program, uh, not Richard Alexander. He worked with her as a consultant. They have this marketing concept that it becomes more special if the tickets are for sale for just a limited time. Sure. And, you know, my daddy taught me never leave money on the table. <laughs> uh, it should be open 24-7, 365. And uh, they said, you know, sale ends on such and such a date and you can get on the waiting list. They did reopen it um, last week. And they put in a gift option. I've, I'm, I'm, I'll take a little credit for that. I've been hounding them to open it up for the holidays because sure. it make a nice gift. Um, so I, you know, uh, it, it turns out that I've had a little more than just being one of the video stars. I've had the chance to help them think it through and influence them, and I, I think it's got a good future. All right. Um, uh, I think that there's the price needs to be maybe adjusted downward. I think they need to bring in some other people who are um, uh, little who get it. A couple of the barbecue stars didn't quite get it, you know, and they just didn't deliver with great videos. Just a few, but um, I I learned a lot watching them, and I got to tell you, Kent Rollins, the Chuck. You know Kent Rollins? I don't seen? know. No. 
Oh, you got to you got to go video. He's got YouTube videos. This is a guy that actually follows cattle drives <laughs> in a chuck wagon. He's got a beautiful young wife who's a good photographer, and he knows how to cook uh, over campfires. Um, uh, he's got a, 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 a special stove. You would absolutely blow your mind how he cooks a brisket in a Dutch oven. Mm. Um, and uh, it just, I mean, man, the guy does pies and biscuits, everything in Dutch ovens, open fire. Um, and he's out of Oklahoma. And he's got a new cookbook out, and I got a copy, an advanced copy of it. It's just wonderful. It's full of stories from the range and stuff. He's just got personality out there. Big handlebar mustache. Mm, yeah. I mean, he is just, he is made for TV, he, and he just knows his stuff. Meathead, you've piqued my interest because you mentioned it a couple different times. Will you give the names of the people that you thought weren't that great on the videos? Will you name them? So you are asking me to make enemies. No, but you've you've pointed out twice that you thought there were some lackluster performances, so let's help them out by naming them. Um well, well I all right, I'll, I'll just one. And I I'll, I'll preface Hi, it by saying, hypothetically speaking, these yeah. would be the people. Arian Dogan, um who is of who? French descent, Arian Dogan. Well, okay, he doesn't count. Next person. She. Whatever. She. Doesn't count. What's who, No, no who let else? me tell you about her. She uh, she is the importer and the distributor of more foie gras in this country than anybody. Of du she she owns D'Artagnan, massive operation, um, duck duck breast geese, great meats imports, phenomenal product. Um, her father just died last week. He is uh, uh, a Michelin starred chef in France. Um, uh, she is really uh, trained in French cooking, and she talked about grilling, and she did a little grilling on a gas grill, and she was sh showing us how to check the temperature of a, I think it was a duck breast. She was sticking a, a metal probe in there and touching it to her lip, and that's how she was gauging the temperature, and it's like, oh, my God, come on, <laughs> Ariane. But, I mean, you know, if you're if you're a French chef... And you're in a restaurant, and you're cooking a hundred duck breasts a night. That might work, but you know, if you're a backyard cook like me, and you cook duck breasts once every two months, maybe. Yeah. I need a thermometer. Sure. Um, uh, so I, I don't. I don't think she quite. And and some of the other guys d didn't didn't drum up a lot of business. Um, we we sold more tickets than anybody on our website, but it, it was. I'm telling you, Harry killed it. <laughs> Harry Sue just went nuts. He just and it, his stuff is all Asian influenced. Really creative barbecue, a lot of fun. And and Tuffy showed us how he cooks for competition, <laughs> and uh, uh, he just you know laid back fun stuff. All right, uh, Meathead can be found at AmazingRibs.com, of course. Uh, he's also on uh, Twitter and some other social media platforms, oh, which yeah. we'll probably get to here in a second. It Twitter. is, uh, of course. Holiday season, uh, whatever you're celebrating, uh, it's Hanukkah, it's Christmas, it's Kwanzaa, it's all the above. Everybody is racing to me Festivus. now saying, don't forget Festivus. For the rest of us, of course. Feats of strength to follow in the second segment. Me and Meathead will go to the mat to see who's strongest. Um, people are always <laughs> asking me at this time of year, what should I get my husband or my wife is really into this thing or whatever the case may be. So I always try and keep a list of five to ten items 
because maybe they have some already, and at least I have some backup items. What are people asking you what's hot this Christmas and holiday season to give as gifts? Well, I'm not getting asked a lot, but we did publish um, a gift guide on AmazingRibs.com, and we broke it down by price, uh, uh, under 50 bucks, 50 to 200 200 to 500 and so on. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, number one, uh, you know, depending on how uh, expert the person is, you just can't go wrong with a good thermometer. I mean, nowadays, and I I think we've had something to do with this, uh, barbecue cooks have come to understand that cooking is all about temperature, all about temperature control, and a medium-rare steak is 130 to 135, and that you can't pull a pork butt off at 170 and expect it to to be done, Um, that you uh, need a good thermometer both for the meat and for the oven. Oven, in this case, is a generic term for pit, smoker, grill, or your indoor oven. Um, so you just can't go wrong with any one of those. A good thermometer. We recommend some of our favorites. I forgive. I try not to be too commercial, but um, we got a electrical engineer, Bill McGrath, who tests thermometers, and we've got over 150 thermometer test results um, and ratings, so you can pick a price category. There's some really cool new devices out there that are Wi-Fi connected or fan connected. You know, the barbecue guru was the original. And there's like 10 of those things out there now um, where if you're cooking with charcoal, you can you can attach this little fan device to your um, smoker and it'll turn the air on and off. And, you, you know, you can't. You can control temperature by airflow. Uh, so, it, it, you know, there's just a whole bunch of really cool stuff out there. Um, here's something. Hold on. Away he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Meathead on the run. Oh, wait, he's coming back. It's a good thing I got my Oh, pants. I have one of those. I got I got that exact same thing right there. I, I have. Is what? this the coolest the thing? The Ken Onion Workhorse. Yeah, this yeah. is a knife sharpener. Yep. Um, it's a, I don't know, about 150 bucks. How much is it? You know, you remember, Greg? No, I got mine for free, of course. Um, but, um, this is, stand by, I'm looking up the price. It, 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 it's got a, uh, a a variety of belts and you can tighten the belts and loosen the belts and set the angle, uh, the dangle here. And, uh, I mean, a sharp knife, there is nothing like it. Um and uh, I still don't have the price yet. I'm looking for that. All right, it's on uh, Amazon, 129 bucks. Yeah, 120. I got 126.40 on Amazon. Yeah, right, right. So like, let's let's call it 130 ish. Yeah, in that range. Yeah. Um, well, 126. Um, but it's very cool, and uh, it's it, it looks like it's gonna last forever. I've had it for a while, and I kind of like it. Um, so that's um knives. Um. Um, I have fallen in love with the Gunter Wilhelm knives, and he is a big proponent. There are really some clever design features here. It's really full tang on both the vertical and the horizontal axis. They're very pretty knives, uh, and they're um, a 21-degree sharp angle. Um, Many knives are 40 to 45. At 21, it is like a razor blade. Hmm. Um, and uh, he's got a, a full line of them. They've got a, they're a little heavier than most, but I like that. Um, a little heft, um, and there's a whole variety. Um, I was I was playing with the um, 
the cleaver over Thanksgiving. And uh, yikes, boy, that is a mission. Yeah, that's like a guillotine. Um, just a whole bunch of fun stuff uh, out there. Uh, just uh, go to our homepage and uh, look at the, look for the gift guide. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through it now myself. Um, the uni uh, pizza oven. Mm -hmm. um, really nice. Um, get the gas one, not the pellet one. The pellet one is a pain in the ass. We gave it uh, the, our worst rating. Uh -oh. Gas really? one. Yeah, we gave it a no, not recommended. Wow. The gas one, though, we gave a gold medal or a platinum medal to. Really nice. Um, 90 seconds to two minutes. Uh, a really good uh, pizza. Um, takes a little practice because it's a small space. But if you like pizzas, uh, it's an outdoor oven. You can't cook indoors with it. Right. Um, uh, there's a really good indoor pizza oven by Breville that's like 700 bucks. Uni's like 300 bucks. No assembly. It's really easy to work with. The, um, the Breville, also no assembly. But it's 700 bucks. but it's an indoor. It's, it's, it's electric. And um, it is also phenomenal. It huh. really makes great pizzas. All right. It has two burners below and above. Because that's the thing about pizza is getting what I call simultaneous pizza gasm. Okay, getting the top and the bottom cooked at the same time. It's tricky. You know, sometimes you get the bottom done and the, the sausage isn't cooked. That's dangerous. Or vice versa. The top is done and the cheese is browning and the bottom is still soft. Yep. So. Um, the, the, this Breville is really clever for that. A bunch of stuff, uh, uh, that, uh, we, we recommend. You have everything that a live fire artiste would want, of course, but is there a gift that you're secretly pining for that shows up this holiday season? You know, I heard you say that in the intro and I started trying to think, oh my God, what, what do I want for Christmas? I am in the enviable position that now your listeners are going to hate this, but I got everything I want. All right. I mean, you don't want a like, you don't want a Kalamazoo hybrid or the new, uh, well, the new Kalamazoo green new egg Kalamazoo, or whatever the hell that yeah, thing is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, you know, I've got a I've got a Heston on my deck, which is oh. just an awesome gas grill. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've got every I, I've got every kind of grill and smoker that I could possibly want. And I've got every kind of accessory and thermometer. I, I have like a, a, a steamer trunk full of thermometers. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, All right. You got everything is what you're trying to say, Meathead. You got everything and you're very happy. Okay, I get it. Now let's change subjects real quick here while we got three and a half minutes before the first break. I wanted okay. to, you said you knew something about it. I'd never heard of this thing called an heirloom turkey until last month. When we were leading into then Thanksgiving, I had Stephen Reichlin on my yeah, show, and yeah. he said something about uh, heritage breed turkey or heirloom heritage turkey. Breed. And I quickly dismissed it as, oh, Stephen, well, you know, you're no, being Stephen. But then I was at what Nick Solaris has just recently termed the most important restaurant in America, and it happens to be here in Cleveland, Ohio, which Whoa. is Larder Delicatessen, which happens to be one of my favorite restaurants. No. And I was talking to the owner there, who was on my show at some point last year, uh, October of last year, I think. And he also happens to be a huge fan of heirloom turkeys. So now, you know, holding Stephen aside, this guy Jeremy Umansky talks about it. I become immediately intrigued because I have more of an, a kinship with him. I feel more common man with Jeremy than Stephen, unfortunately. Even though Stephen is a barbecue Hall of Famer and he shows up here once a month and I'm forever grateful. What do you know about these uh, heirloom turkeys? 
Well, I've always called them heritage, but you know, you've got both heirloom turkeys and or heritage turkeys. Is it the same or are they different? To my knowledge, they're the same. Okay, all right. The, the terms are interchangeable, to my knowledge. You, you have the same thing with heritage or heirloom hogs. Okay. Uh, uh, tomatoes. Yes. Uh, what What's happening is is over the years, uh, the food industry has crossbred turkeys, chickens, hogs, steers to meet the market needs. So in the case of turkey, they have been crossbred to grow fast, mature quickly, and have big breasts. We're talking about turkeys, right? Yeah, I was waiting for you to punch up something. Thank you. (laughs) You know, that's the punchline there, fella. Got it. Um, But, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that like turkey white meat, and so they want uh, big breasts. And so... Um, the breed, uh, uh, Milagris uh, Galapavo, I think is how it's pronounced, is the standard commercial farm-bred turkey right now. But there are its parentage, the birds that it's bred from, and then others that have just died off or small amounts of them have remained on mom-and-pop farms because they like them. Maybe they take a little longer to grow or the breasts aren't big enough or they're more susceptible to diseases. Um, Some of these are being brought back. Same thing with hogs. I mean, you've heard of people talk about heritage hogs. Um, The breeds that are most commonly mentioned are Narragansett and Bourbon Red. Um, And uh, uh, they're, you know... They're closer to a wild turkey. Um, uh, the the meat is a little darker. It's not the white meat is still white meat, but it's you know a, a little darker, um, and therefore a more a little more fat, a little more flavor. Um, I'll have to come into town and we'll go try the, the turkeys that your friend is selling. Well, uh, so he's not selling them, but there is a uh, per, there is a um, what do you call them? Uh, place called Ohio City Provisions, which is a uh, a seller of they can get their hands on these heirloom turkeys. Yeah, and I, I must confess, I've never had one. Um, I've heard about them. Uh, I've talked to people about them. Um, you know, I, her turkey is not my favorite meat, but I do enjoy Thanksgiving. I do enjoy the turkey with Thanksgiving. I've learned how to cook it as well as you can. You can cook it. Um, and what I like most about Thanksgiving is that no matter what your race, religion, political persuasion, we all eat turkey. We all eat mashed potatoes. We all eat sweet potatoes. We all eat cranberry sauce. All right, somebody out there probably is eating duck or raviolis or whatever, but so many of us eat the same meal. Yeah. Uh, uh, We talk about how divided we are in this country. Here we have... uh, uh, a government that's about to split itself in half. And on Thanksgiving, we all sit down and eat the same meal. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. And it's the only holiday that centers around food. Yeah. I mean, we, we do have a feast on the 4th of July and Christmas, but this is meant, I mean, it's a harvest dinner. It's about food. And I just think it's, you know, so it's therefore my favorite holiday. All right. That's Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, you uh, chill out here for just one second, and I will talk to the folks here about Green Mountain Grills, which is one of the premier pellet cookers out there on the market today. A couple different sizes to choose from. Uh, We are in the teeth of football season, so whether you're a pro fan or a college fan, you know there's... 
going to be parties afoot, tailgating possibly. And at least here in Cleveland, you can't take charcoal into uh, the Muni lot anymore. They're going to kick you right out, or they won't even let you in if you got charcoal. They don't want that to be hanging around, causing fires and blowing cars up. But I bet they let that pellet cooker right in the door, and the Davy Crockett is the portable option. It's got really good capacity for the amount of portability it offers you. It is cooking on wood pellets, so you get that flavor. It's got 12-volt technology to power it, so if you don't have access to the traditional power outlets, you can plug it right into the 12-volt outlet in your car, truck, van, or SUV. You're powered up, and you are ready to go. Now, if you want something a little bit bigger on the deck at home, you can get the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone. Both of those are great offset cookers, or I'm sorry, are great pellet cookers as well. Great in the barbecue temperatures. Not too bad in the higher temperatures, but hey, if you want to get crazy, and Meathead was just talking about pizza, they make a really great pizza oven insert for the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. Rip the guts out of the ordinary cookers, set that pizza oven insert right down on top of the fire pot, and then set your temperatures accordingly. 350 degrees will get you about 700 degrees at the stone. So if you want to rifle up to 1,000, set that cooker at 500 and you are operating at the extremely high temperatures. I don't personally prefer to cook that high because if things get loose, it goes bad quick. I like that uh, 625, 650 range. Done in about two minutes. Can't complain. And everybody has so much fun with it. Plus, at only 130 bucks, you can't go wrong. Get that. That's a Christmas present I'm telling everybody to get if they got a Green Mountain Grill and they don't have one already. Hit the website, greenmountaingrills.com. They have sauces and rubs and pellets and all that other stuff. Or visit a Green Mountain Grill dealer near you. You can find that on the website as well. Green Mountain Grills, a longtime sponsor here of this show, and they are signed on for 2020 as well. So happy to have Jason and the gang continuing on with the show here. Meathead coming back up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can buy at CookinPellets.com or Amazon.com if you want. Whatever you like, up to you. Great flavors, other cool products. Chris Becker and the gang over there at cookingpellets.com. And Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is joining us here for the second portion of his monthly visit on the second Tuesday. All right, Meathead, so we talked some gifts. We talked a little heirloom turkey. Of course, one of the big items that everybody's going to be cooking this holiday season is prime rib. Now, we've done a few shows in the past where we've really gone headlong into prime rib from stem to stern, but I wanted to at least get some high-level insight and re-education from your perspective on you know, the what to look for first, how to trim it up, and then uh, best ways to cook and, and make sure you're doing it right. Yeah, if you want, we could also talk about uh, uh, beef tenderloin and the Chateaubriand, um, uh, which is another great beef roast that people like to celebrate the holidays with. All right, yeah. uh, let's let's take let's take the prime rib first. So we have talked about it before. So we'll just do the thirty thousand foot overview. Um, um, a full beef primal, which is the rib roast, which is where the ribeye comes from, uh, is the uh, 
um, that longissimus dorsi muscle that runs along the spine and on top of the ribs um, is probably the best all-round cut on a steer. Um, and uh, you want to order a beef prime rib, they call it, but it is not necessarily USDA prime. Uh, you want to order the grade USDA choice, top choice, which a lot of people don't know there is such a thing as top choice. It's a the best of the USDA choice grades. You have to call that, that out in order to get that? You have to ask for yeah, top choice? Depending on your butcher, right. um, you can ask for top choice. Basically, it's USDA choice, and then the butcher will just look. It's not labeled top choice. The butcher will look over what he's got in inventory and pick the one that's the most marbled. All right. Um, and then uh, USDA prime, uh, and then, of course, Wagyu and so on. Um, so, you know, go for USDA choice if you can. Or better, um, I order um, a full seven bones. Seven bones is the full rib primal. Uh, it's running around 14, 15 pounds, depending on the size of the steer. Um, I usually try to get a certified Angus, um, USDA top choice. When you jump into prime, you pay a lot more. Yeah. And I think choice or top choice is really tender and juicy enough. Um, and I order bone on. But I remove the bones. Now, I know a lot of you like to cook on the bone, but it is a myth that the bone adds flavor to the meat. Remember, the bone is marrow coated by an eighth-inch thick shield of calcium, and calcium has no flavor. It cannot alter the flavor of the meat. What it can do is it can alter the heating properties of the meat. It can block heat from entering, and that's why the meat closer to the bone is often less cooked than the meat on the other side. Personally, because I'm a control freak and anybody who's watched this show knows that, I want the meat to be cooked the same all the way around. I don't want rare to raw next to the bone and perfect medium rare away from the bone. Uh -huh. So I'll remove the bone, and that's a whole nother meal. I mean, I love beef back ribs, uh, and a seven-bone slab is enough for two of us. Um, or you can take that and throw it in a pot and make a great stock for, out of it. So I'll take the bone off, and I'll trim off almost all the surface fat. And there is a lot of surface. Oh, I forgot. When you order your beef rib primal, ask the butcher to either remove or break the chine. The chine is where the bones connect to the backbone. And if you don't remove that, it becomes a real pain to carve it, especially if you're going to cook it bone in. Mm. You won't be able to cut through that chine. So get that chine removed or broken, um, preferably removed. But uh, And you can also ask them to remove the, uh, the bones and have them sell it to you. Um, but uh, th All right, so then I want to remove almost all the fat. There's a lot of surface fat on here. The problem is, is when you put your rub on, a big glob of fat, what happens when you serve the meat? The people carve off the fat layer, mm. and there goes all your rub. So I'll peel off almost all the fat, maybe an eighth inch, quarter inch, which will most of it will melt down. And then I reverse sear. Um, I want it 130 to 135 degrees, which is medium rare. So I'll start it indirect, either on a smoker or on a grill. Um, you can do gas or charcoal, whatever you want and let it warm to about 120 or so, and then roll it over to the hot side. Um, add more coals if you want, get it really hot, 
Lift the lid. Don't leave the lid down. Otherwise, you'll continue to cook the interior. Lift the lid and just put it over that hot coals and just sear one side until you get a good dark brown crust. Roll it a quarter turn, sear, roll it a quarter turn, sear, roll it a quarter turn, sear, um, and you're done. Um, so you're cooking in two steps. You're cooking the interior indirect and the exterior direct. And um, it works out great. It can take a long time, depending on how thick it is. Um, if you start at indirect at around 225, it can take three, four hours to get up to 120 wow. in the center. And, and that, you know, that also depends. I mean, I've been out there when it's below zero, you know, um, so that, you know, the, the exterior temperature can be a factor. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, give yourself plenty of time. And uh, if you want, you can have a faux cambro on hand, which is, you know, when it's done, you can pop it into a beer cooler to keep it warm. Um, nothing more festive, more impressive um, than a, 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 a prime rib. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, from a, a smoking standpoint, if you wanted to add some smoke flavor to it, you know, whatever mm -hmm. your choice of wood, that's your business. But do you want to put the prime rib on cold in order to maximize the smoked impact? <laughs> You know, this is a really interesting question. I always tell people go straight from the fridge to the smoker because you'll get more smoke flavor. I don't think prime rib or ribeye, which is the same piece of meat, benefits from a lot of smoke. Mm -hmm. I like it pretty much meaty, beefy yep. with salt and pepper, you know. So I don't put a lot of smoke on it in that rare case. Might be a good idea to bring it out of the fridge and let the surface warm just a bit because, as we've talked about before, cold surfaces attract smoke more than warm surfaces. Uh, it's a process called thermophoresis, and we don't have to get into the great details here. But if you want really smoky food, you go straight from the fridge to the grill. You'll attract more smoke to a cold surface. Um, so you might want to pull it out and let it sit for an hour or so at room temp just to warm the surface and a little less smoke. It's up to you. You know, it, it, as we've talked about before, and, you know, it's nice to know that I, the more I read books about cooking and grilling and smoking, people are learning from what we've been teaching. The smoke won't penetrate. It's on the surface. It won't get more than an eighth of an inch below the surface. So you're not going to get the center of that gorgeous beef roast smoky. And that's probably just as good. Uh, so you're just adding a layer to the exterior. And that's wonderful. All right, Meathead joining us here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. Now let's change gears here for a second, Meathead. You had mentioned in the first segment when we were talking that you uh, had a dislike for Twitter. And there was a... Uh, you were kind of floating around a little bit with some of the other Twitter members saying, hey, Meathead, you need to you know, get with the times and, and be more on social media. And you said, hey, man, uh, you know, I pay for my landscape, AmazingRibs.com. That's where all my information is. And I'm not going to sit here and spend all day and all night on somebody else's platform when I can direct traffic where it should be and where all the information is. So um, all right. Is well, that's that part of the story? All right. Well, the, the real, fill us in. The real part of the story is is I get people come onto Twitter and they say, "You got any tips for cooking a brisket?" And two hundred and eighty characters. You want me to tell you how to cook a brisket? For crying out loud! But don't you and have? Ask, but don't you have all of your? I mean, there's got to be ten of the top questions that you get asked the most. 
don't you go to AmazingRibs.com and save the links to those and then just copy and paste and you say, hey, check this link out, and then that's all I, you tweet? You know, no, I, there isn't a top ten questions. Uh, brisket questions tend to be uh, very popular, but it, it tends to be a lot about what's in the news. Um, you know, right now there's a lot of talk about these um, – uh, vegetable-based uh, hamburgers and stuff. And uh, now the questions come from and most of them I can answer on Twitter and Facebook. I'm active on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook right now with you. Yep. Um, uh, I, I I post to LinkedIn, but I don't hang out there. And I've got an account on Instagram, and I don't use it. So, hmm. um, but um, I answer questions all the time. We post a barbecue and grilling tip every day around three o'clock. And then um, more other at other times as they as the as the urge comes to me, and I answer questions when they pop up. But I only check Twitter like once a day. Um, I'm watching my website all the time, and we've got paid moderators who know their stuff watching my website. So I'm constantly trying to remind people if you've got you know I mean we get questions like help my turkey's burning what do I do you know well don't ask me on Twitter yeah. Come over to AmazingRibs.com, and we'll be right there for you. Let's get into some Facebook questions. You want to do that? Sure. Here we go. I, I want to mention before we go there. Go ahead. That um, uh, we also have a big section. Uh, we have a big section on AmazingRibs.com on prime rib with, you know, in detail. And then also on um, uh, tenderloin and the Chateaubriand, which is the center section. And I just today finished a video on breaking down a beef tenderloin, getting it ready for cooking and down to the Chateaubriand. And it's, uh, so I, uh, I, my first selfie video ever. All right. Uh, posted today. Uh, I have a yeah. question <clears throat> coming in from a listener. What's the best soap for cleaning grungy barbecue hands? Well, I don't, I don't know what the best is, but I keep a pumice soap around, um, the, the kind that, that, that mechanics use because they're designed to remove grease and they have um, uh, particulate uh, uh, pumice in there that would you know which is a, a I'm dry, grasping for the word here uh, uh, it, it's a coarse surface mm -hmm. so I keep a pumice surf, uh, soap around because there are times when I just reach out and grab the grill grate you know when it's not hot. Right. to move it, and uh, there's nothing worse than grill grate grease. Let me ask you, uh, or let me tell you what I found. <clears throat> I was once watching a, a home improvement show. I forget which one it was, and uh, obviously I was never able to apply any of this, but dry hands, get dish soap into your dry, icky hands, put it in, the, and then just start you know, rubbing them together, get it all through you know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, whatever it is, and then go ahead and rinse them out. I'll be damned if 95 to 98% of whatever is on your hands doesn't come right off just with standard dish soap on dry hands. It's unbelievable. No pumice, no coarseness, none of that. Just a little dawn on the hands, rub it in, and you are good to go. Well, dish soaps contain surfactants designed to remove grease. And, in fact, dawn, you mentioned, is the one that they use to clean up seabirds when they get trapped into uh, oil spills. Uh, so they're really good at removing grease. In your opinion, this from Eugene Apicella, in your opinion, what's the max shelf life for rubs, wet or dry, be they homemade or store-bought? Hey, Gene. Um, good to hear from you. Gene is a, 
uh, I know he's a fan of yours, and I, I hear I see him on uh, both my website and social yep. media. Yep. Um, uh, um, well, I think the bigger question is shelf life of rubs. You know, the rule of thumb is six months to a year. Uh, shelf shelf life of spices and herbs. Each of them are different, um, but the, you know they, they contain volatile oils and uh, aromatics, um, and that's what makes them enjoyable. Uh, and uh, with time, those oils uh, rinsidify; uh, they oxidize, um, they lose their potency, their intensity, their flavor. Um, rubs, which are blends of them will perhaps their profiles will change a little maybe the green herbs will alter faster than the brown spices so that the flavor profile will shift a little but they in general i mean i've had rubs around for a year or more and they're still workable they're still still you know i hate throwing them out what i do with them sometimes is I'll use them as a smoke source. I, I've been playing lately with um, what the, the Chinese call tea smoking, um, where you um, will make a little packet uh, and you'll put tea in there and they often put um, star anise and uh, other things in there and fold up the packet and poke a few holes in it, put it in the bottom of a wok, put a rack on top of the wok and put the duck or whatever on top of that, close the lid <laughs> and you can smoke inside this little wok. And I've played with that technique with a pan sprinkled old rubs and spices on the bottom, even sugar. Uh, uh, it will burn faster, um, but you can play with them. And I've used them. We grow herbs in the garden. And at the end of the season, there's almost always a, uh, uh, you know, a, a bunch of sticks and twigs from the basil and the uh, oregano, and I break those up and throw them on the fire. So I, I, I don't think they're useless. I don't know. I, I perhaps make make it make six months to a year supply, and then. Um, but we've talked about rubs before, and you know, I'm a strong advocate of making your own rubs for the one simple reason. When you buy rub, it's often 50% more of salt, and you're paying a premium price for salt. And the amount of salt you put on your meat should vary depending on the thickness. You want, because salt penetrates deep. All the other stuff doesn't. All the other stuff is a surface treatment. You, you can, you can, you, I mean, you've, you've done pork butts. Um, when you shred that butt, there's no, rub flavor in the center of that butt it's all on the surface on the bark so you need more salt on a pork butt than you do on a slab of ribs so apply salt and rubs separately it's like i can stop my car with the brake i can also stop it by throwing it in reverse <laughs> both methods stop the car yeah one method's better than the other Mayonnaise on steak from Josh Poston. What do you think? Um, you know, in my last book, I talk about mayonnaise on fish, and uh, now it's uh, it's all over the place. People are putting it on everything. It, it, mayonnaise is just a... Are a, they? Are people putting mayonnaise on everything? I just read a recipe for Thanksgiving turkey covered in mayonnaise. Really? Uh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, basically, mayonnaise is just an oil. It's an egg and oil mixture, and uh, it's called an emulsion. Um, <coughs> it's, you know, often a little acid blended in vinegar or lemon juice, but it's oil and egg. Um, so it, you think of it as an oil. Um, and so if you want to paint your steak with an oil, you could use a mayonnaise. I've never done it. Um, it seems pretty weird to me, but I have painted steak with with oil. I like to do a thick steak reverse sear. But what I'll often do is when I get a brisket, I'll trim the brisket and I'll save some of that fat and I'll render ah. it down and put it in a plastic tub in the freezer. And uh, especially if I can get my hands on some aged beef because the aged fat has a really nice flavor. Mm. And then after I'm done with the warming of the meat on the indirect side, I will move it to the direct side and paint it with this beef fat, <laughs> which will essentially help fry the surface, improve the crust. And it adds this, so much of what we think is a steak, a classic steak flavor is not the muscle, it's the fat. And um, uh, aged beef gets a lot of its character from the fat. So if you paint a young steak with aged beef fat, it'll adopt some of the aged beef flavor. All right. Uh, Meathead is here the second Tuesday of every month. In the meantime, you can find him at AmazingRibs.com. Appreciate you breaking down all the different topics tonight and answering some Facebook questions. We'll get to the rest next month, or as we say, we'll see you next year, uh, Meathead, and happy holidays to you. Ah, that's right. Next year. That's right. Hey, Centralites, always great talking with you. Um, we'll see you uh, next year. All right, there he is, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. And away he goes. So once again, if you are in need of help, assistance, questions, and or otherwise, just go to AmazingRibs.com. And as Meathead said, while you may see him hanging out here and there on uh, Twitter or so forth, uh, mostly at AmazingRibs.com. All right, well, we'll be back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Hey, here's a great gift. Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or Google Assistant. Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can buy it at fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Highly suggest getting one of those if you don't have one. You're looking for a great gift. Six ports. Easy to use, easy to set up, easy to get on the local area network, all that stuff. Keeping with the mayo talk just for a second. You know, Arby's on their brisket sandwich uses a layer of mayo on the bottom bun and then puts the meat on top of it so when you chew into it, you bite. The mayo actually takes on the flavor of the brisket so they can not put on as much brisket, but your mouth is tricked into thinking that there's more brisket on that sandwich because you have the mayo coating your mouth, giving you a beefier mouth satisfaction. 
Is that right? Uh-oh. I mean, that's why they do it. It sounded weird to say out loud. We're pointing to the second hour. Refresh drinks, and I'll meet you back in about two minutes. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show. We're here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.